Romans chapter 8. Uh, put up my first slide for me, Blake. I'm going to jump around just a little bit on you. If y'all were here Wednesday night, we accidentally slid, uh, snuck it up there for my, for my PowerPoint. Uh, Mr. Blake, if you don't mind. We've been in Romans chapter 8 the last four weeks. We've been talking about liberty and about that there is no condemnation. Well, we're going to continue on. We, we started with Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. Today we're going to pick it up in verse 5, and it's about victory. Anybody here need victory? So what we've been singing about this morning is victory. We've got victory. God is my victory, and he is here. Romans chapter 8. If you've got, you got your Bibles out, turn with me there. I believe if you'll hang in here with me in these scriptures, you will never be the same again. When you really understand the news that is in this chapter about how in Romans chapter 8 that God desires to change the way we feel. Last week we looked at this feeling, I am no good. Do you remember we've dealt with that the last four weeks about us battling in our mind, I am no good. Well, we've learned you are. There is no condemnation. That statement, I am no good, is from the pit of hell. It is not from heaven. You are created by God in his image. You have the mind of Christ. If you remember, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. And if you are in Christ, you're the head and not the tail. Now, you can't claim... Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you're not in Christ. We like to, as churchgoers, to claim all these great scriptures but not live our life in Christ. Well, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. Doesn't preach real good. But who needs the truth? Who needs to no longer follow a lie but follow the truth? The truth is we line up with God's word. We call on him according to his word and he will come through for us every time. It is that good. The provision that Jesus Christ made for us on the cross is that good. And it was not done in vain for you to come up short in your life. So, to claim God's promises, we are to be in Christ. Right? So, as we start at Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, we've got to realize we we have to be in Christ. We've been battling, I'm no good, but there is no condemnation. You know what that means? That means that we have liberty. Today we're going to deal with the statement for the next few weeks of this right here. I'm never going to change. Have you ever felt like that? I'm never going to change. No matter what happens. But I want to tell you the truth is, you are going to change. I guarantee it. And I'm not the one who has, who, 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 who's going to back that guarantee. God will back that guarantee. That you are going to change. God guarantees it. How do I know that I'm going to change? By God's Holy Spirit. By God's Holy Spirit. Because of the power of God's Holy Spirit, change is a guarantee in our lives. As we look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 17, we see three things in these verses today that's going to show us that we're going to change. How that, how that guarantee is going to happen in our lives. And I believe that this passage is one of the greatest lists anywhere of what the Holy Spirit does to us as believers. So read along with me. This is uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5, and this is in the NIV. Those who live according to sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the, mind, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. 
The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Go back to that one. (coughs) Warning. Big verse. Big verse. It's so easy to read past this and just let it go. If you are operating by the sinful nature, you cannot, if you are controlled by the sinful nature, you cannot please God. That's one of those, how do I please God? Well, that's one way not to. It's a good word. It's a word straight from his word. That's not Pastor Paul's word. That's God's word. Next verse, verse 9. You, however, are not are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Big verse. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Verse 11. And if the Spirit of him who who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Verse 12. Therefore... All that to say, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. Verse 13, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if the spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Almost there, almost done. Because those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. Verse 15, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 17, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17, now if we are, if we, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Man, chop packed. I could stop about it every verse and preach for a few weeks on it. What great benefits there are here with the Holy Spirit and here with being in Christ. What great benefits. We just saw that we are children, that we are heirs, that we deserve his inheritance. An heir deserves it, right? That's not being greedy. That's not saying, give me what shouldn't be mine. No, it should be mine because I'm his. That's not asking out of turn. When you go and your your parents or your grandparents or you're the next one in line at a will reading, you're the one. I'm supposed to get that. Same thing here with God's um, inheritance. It says that when we are in Christ, when we are led by the Spirit of God, we are children of God, which means we are heirs, co-heirs with Christ. Let that sink in. All right. How do I know I'm going to change? This whole scripture, Romans chapter 8 verse 5 and so on through 17, is all about me changing. Right? How do I know I'm going to change? Number one, I know I'm going to change because when I receive the Holy Spirit, when I receive Christ, I have a new nature. Something new, something different happens to me. I've been given a new nature because of the power of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. 
You see, it's a change of mindset. You know, I believe that it's easy for the Lord to fulfill that scripture of him giving, the, giving you the desires of your heart because if you are genuinely his and filled with his spirit, the spirit gives you desires. And all of a sudden, two worlds collide, your world and the spirit world, and all of a sudden, the spirit starts flowing in you. And what happens? God's not lining up with you. You're lining up with God. God doesn't need to line up. He's lined up. We're out of line. You ever seen, uh, if you ever go to elementary school and watch the kids get out of lunch, they got to get in a straight line, single file. And it's obvious when one's not. Isn't it obvious sometimes when you're going down the road and you're living your life and you realize, I'm not in line. <laughs> I'm getting smacked by everybody. I, I sat at the Capshaw table this week eating lunch with Elizabeth and she didn't even know it. And I was sitting at a place where kids were walking through and I was getting beat to death. Kids walking by, bam. And I had this dressing right here and bam, we had this big, hey, hey by the way, Church on the Hill has just adopted Avery Trace um, as a school adopter. Um, we got to go before the whole school body. We had uh, Judge Maddox there. We had city councilmen's there. Along, we're, we're partnering with Covenant Church, with the, which is Jonathan and Glenda Nelms' new church that's just been birthed out of First Baptist Church and with some other businesses in town for us to help give them a godly impact over our kids. Amen. And let me just say, Dr. Earhart said since the day she came on, it was her goal to make sure that a, at least one church would adopt every school. That's our director of schools. How good is that? That is so good. That's who we've got. We want to sit here and fuss about how bad the school system is. Well, let me tell you, we've got good leadership in there. And now we've got favor in the school. This principal's a spirit-filled man. Hallelujah. I didn't realize it, but if anybody can go back this far, uh, Ryan Williams, Ryan Williams, Ryan Dalton put on a, a um, worship conference, a youth worship conference years ago with uh, Daniel. He's in China. No. Larkins. Daniel Larkins. And, and I, I led worship at it, and Mike Mills preached at it, which I didn't realize. The principal. So we kind of crossed paths that he's the principal in that day. So anyway, what was I talking about? Yeah, <clears throat> when you get out of line. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I've sat in the wrong place because these kids don't care that they've just bumped into you. They're second graders. They don't even know you're there. Look at me like I did something. They're looking at me like I did something. I didn't do anything. You hit me. It's not my problem. You, you know what I'm talking about. Their little world is just about their little world. And here we are. We're out of line. We're not realizing why we're getting knocked in every direction. Well, we've gotten out of line. Our nature has, our mind has fell over into the sinful nature. And it's so easy to do. But what does it mean? As we start to see this new nature, what happens? Well, step number one on a, new, on a new nature is, come on, I begin to think differently. I can begin to think in a different way. I'm telling you, my mind is just going, going nuts this morning because I've had so many life experiences with my children, with my family this week, just on this, that not the sinful nature, or let me, let me put it this way, our nature, our fleshly nature. 
the way we would like to go, the way we'd like things to work out versus the way God wants us to work them out, right? We begin to think in a different way. Before you and I became believers in Christ, we all had the old nature. Everything went in one direction. And because of God's new nature in our lives, because of God's Holy Spirit, you know what? I can think differently. Think of a sailboat. If anybody's ever been sailing or know about sailing, isn't it so strange that depending on which way the wind is blowing, you can still go in every direction? Somehow, through knowledge of how to handle that sail, you can turn it in a way that you can go in the direction you want to go in. Right? It's amazing how sailors can, can do that sort of thing by setting the sail, setting the rudder. That makes a difference. How come in a world when circumstances are the same, two people go through the exact same thing, the same circumstance, but one goes one way and another goes the other way? Do you see the problem? We have a choice. You and I can go through the exact same thing and wind up in two different spots. One can go downhill, the other one can grow and change. It's because we can think differently because of Jesus Christ. Before you and I came to Christ, the sail was set in one direction. You couldn't change it. You couldn't think differently. But because of Jesus Christ, because of my new nature, I can think differently. That's one of the promises of God. Here's the choice, and the Bible lays it out clearly. We all have a choice to think either the nature or the spirit. Either the sinful nature or the spirit. It's not just bad and good. It's sinful nature and spirit. It's God's work in my life. And let me be real clear about this. When I hear people talk about the sin nature, or some people call it the fleshly nature, we think about my body and my soul. The inside of me. And that's not what it's talking about here. It's very understand. That we don't just think about the, our body as an evil thing and our soul as a good thing. Like the outside's bad and the inside's good. Like a jelly donut. You're not like that. God says there's something different about you. He said it's not an outside-inside thing. He's talking about self and God. Now I had a situation this week where everybody knows I got four kids and let me tell you sometimes we don't get along and I say we a lot of times it's me but how, how many of you know sometimes you've got to teach your kids to not react according to your emotions or your desires and let me tell you even as adults that is so hard but I've been trying to help our children to identify here's a situation where I've got to make a choice and not make the choice before you think about it now, as I was talking to my child, I said, eventually, as you start to live this out, it'll become easier. You won't have to think quite so much about it. But right now, you need, need to think about every choice you make. Because really, to be honest with you, every choice you're making is the wrong one. And you're wondering why you're getting in trouble. Well, it's not that mommy and daddy don't like you. No, it's just the opposite. We love you. And we're not going to let you keep making these choices. And you know what? The light bulb went off for a moment. And a good choice was made. And then we went to sleep. <laughs> and then the old choices wanted to come back again. Is that life or what? 
We leave here from church. We're fired up. We want to do the right thing. New Year's resolution starts. We try to get our foot off, get off, get off on the right foot, and we can't make it two days on our New Year's resolution. Old nature wants to dive back in. Or we try to beat sin. We try to walk away from it, and we slip right back into it. Maybe it's not quite so black and white. Maybe it's subtle. But you know what? You've got a choice. And it shows us here that the Lord gives us the ability to choose the sin nature or the spirit. You know, it says in the Old Testament, choose blessings or curses. It's your choice. Which do you choose? You know, God's such a good God that we get to choose. And you know what? I can't make those decisions for my kids. We've got to let them make them. So that when they get out from under us, we've got our first high schooler, and I'm hoping that this one's in the right shape to get out there and know to make the right choice. And they're doing great. You fall down, mess up, you let something slip every now and then. You know to repent, you know to get back on track, you recognize you've done something wrong, and you get back on the wagon. Right? I can think differently. Let me tell you, you can think differently. You're battling things in your mind. I want you to know that the, the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that the Lord has given you, has given you the ability over your mind. You may think you can't. Well, that's a lie trying to hang on to you. You can. You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Scripture says to take every thought captive. And that's what I was telling this child. Before something comes out of your mouth, think. Because, man, it's painful, and you can't get it back when you've said the wrong thing. You can't. It, it cannot come back into your mouth. It has been spoken. All right, what else can I do? When my new nature, with my new nature, I, well, look what I can do. I can live differently. Hallelujah, the Lord gives me the ability to live differently. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Notice it doesn't say the life will be dead. It says it is dead. Or it is life and peace. So these verses are not talking about what's going to happen someday. Those who don't follow Christ will someday die and be without him. They're talking about present existence. If I set my mind on just what I want, on what's good for me, that I, what I need in life, maybe I can impress people. I set my mind on that. The Bible says it will lead to death. But the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. So here's the simple choice. Death or life. Blessing or curse. But it's death or life right now in our present everyday lives. This is saying to me that when I, as a believer, decide to let the world around me and all their direction and all their influence, all that's in it set the perspective and direction in my life, it will produce nothing. It's dead. It's gone. But when I decide to live by God's Spirit, that's where life is. You know, I believe that if I asked for people to start coming up and give, t give testimonies on what the Lord has done, and if you're courageous enough to stand up and give it, I believe we would have testimony after testimony after testimony of how the Lord has brought life into your life, has restored things in your life that would show that the world's way seemed to be right, 
but realized that it was dead. I believe it would show that when I, when I, but when I did what Christ was encouraging me to do, that my life would begin to blossom. That's my testimony, story after story, that I can live differently. But the third thing on a new nature is I can relate differently. Without God in my life, because of this old nature, there's a sense of hostility toward God. You remember what it said? Those controlled by the sinful nature can't please God. Why? Because the mind, in verse 7, set on that sinful nature, it says that it is hostile toward God, and it doesn't submit to God's law. It can't even if it wanted to. A mind set on the sinful nature can't even if it wanted to. It's not there. It's hostile. You don't have the power. You don't have the difference to make, you don't have the power to make a difference. What he's talking about here is no longer being sinful but spiritual. A lot of us think, I know what that means. I know what it means to be spiritual. I got that. You forget about worldly things, dirty things like money and personal fulfillment or success or having fun. You just think about God all day long. Never anybody asks you to do anything, you're too busy because you're, you're uh, thinking about God all day long. And uh, you can't do it. You can't get your hands dirty. You're spiritual. And you know what happens? You become a, a religious recluse. <laughs> I'm going to kind of fight the church. I'm going to kind of fight religion here for just a minute. If y'all just bear with me. I'm not against church. Uh, I, I, I'm against the wrong church. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about a state of mind. So hang in there with me. <clears throat> Become a religious recluse. So what do you spend your time doing telling everybody what they're doing wrong? That's a good Christian, isn't it? That's biblical, isn't it? You tell everybody what they're doing wrong. Make sure everybody knows what they're doing wrong. What does it say? Don't worry about the speck in their eye when you got a plank in your own eye. What did it just say? What did Pastor Stephen talk about at the offering? Go get it right with your brother. Get that out of your life before you even get in here. God wants you right in relationship. He wants you right between him and you. He wants you right between your spouse and you. He wants you right between your brother and you. He wants you right between your coworker and you. He wants you right between your dad and you. He wants you right. He wants relationships right. For a lot of people, we don't want to be spiritual because that's the definition of the spiritual that they have. They don't want to be spirit-filled because they think that's some scary thing. We're going to lose it out at Walmart. You know what, I'm spirit-filled and I pray in tongues and I didn't, I didn't have an episode at the, uh, at the adoption ceremony at Avery Trace. Somehow, I didn't lose it and start praying in tongues up there on stage. That is not how the Spirit works. Yes, I pray in tongues. I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm ready to lay hands on you and see God absolutely move in your life. God's not dead. He is alive. His miracles haven't ceased. His tongues haven't ceased. The prophetic word hasn't ceased. The prophetic song hasn't ceased. Him speaking the prophetic word to us today hasn't ceased. That's what I believe. I believe that when the Spirit fills us, He gives us exactly what we need. And I can think differently. I can relate differently. I can live differently. But I don't want to be hung up with some religion. 
Being spiritual means glorifying God in everything that you do. Glorifying God. Are my actions glorifying to him? Just in me coming and shaking your hand and looking you in the eye and just telling you I love you or glad you're here. Is everything going okay in your life? Do I bring glory to God in my life? Is there fruit of glorifying God in the things that I do? You may say, look, pastor, if being spiritual means I, does it mean I can't be a success in my business? No. It means you're going to be a success in your business. It means God's going to bless that business. God's in the business of blessing businesses, blessing finances. Being spiritual doesn't mean you stop living. Being spiritual means you give God the glory for everything that's going on in your life. You're truly a spiritual person when you start to think and live and act and relate to God differently. Can you see that when we get saved, truly saved, and we take on the spirit nature, not the, not the sin nature, we must change. Church, the church must change. We can't be praying for the world to change and the church not change. It doesn't work like that. I believe the nation goes how the church goes. Not, not, the problem is the church is going like the nation is going. The church has to change. You want your family to have breakthrough? Change in your family. You want your schools to have breakthrough? Change in your family. Change at home. Change at church. Change in your marriage. Let me tell you, a spiritually healthy marriage will affect your family, will affect your schools, will affect your church. Men rising up and being the man of God. Remember I talked about it two Wednesday nights ago how being men of God is not a calling to be a sissy. It's just the opposite. It's a calling to, to see a giant in the land and go pick up some stones and kill it. And don't stop there. Chop its head off and go, woo, 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 woo. That was probably politically incorrect. But I got some Indian blood in, in me. So take it up with somebody else. Go tell somebody else. Holding holdin Goliath's head. Look what I did. Look, I'm a little skinny, hundred and nothing, five foot nothing, pretty boy. That's David, not me. That's David. I can't even lift a sword. Weighs six, 600 pounds. Woo! That's a man of God right there. Who's talking about my God? What's going on in your lives, kids? What are you standing up for? Stand up. So let me teach you how to stand up for yourself and how to stand up for God. Now, get out there and you do it. Go affect your school. Don't let your school affect you. Go affect your work. Don't let your work affect you. Stand up and be a man of God. Men are dirty. Men are nasty. Men like to spit and make ugly faces. Women are to be beautiful and to be adored and to be cared for and take care of my woman. When we find our place, it's a place of power. It's a place of victory. We can think differently. We can relate differently. You know, when you, when you become a child of God and you grab hold of that, let me tell you, I have authority. 
I can walk in the authority of Jesus Christ just like he walked this earth. And Jesus Christ was no sissy. He took care of business. We have a choice. The sin nature or the spirit. Don't reject the spirit. Don't copy the world. He says, you have a new nature. You have a new choice. Now choose to sow the spirit rather than sow the flesh. I want to give you an example as we close. This is, this is the last thing. Imagine you going out into a field that's all plowed up. And the only thing you have in your hand is pebbles. And you go out and you sow those pebbles. What's coming up? Nothing. It's dead. Think about the works that you do outside of the spirit. It's like throwing those pebbles and, and expecting a return. But when you choose to live by the spirit, what does he do? He fills your hands with seeds of corn or grain or tomatoes or uh, wisdom in your business, wisdom and mercy and grace in your marriage, favor with people around you. And what happens? You toss that out. That's life. And that life brings forth life, growth. Realize when we operate by the, by the flesh, by the world, we're tossing out death and expecting life to come back from it. And it will not. It's dead. Choose the Spirit. You won't even know that you'll start sowing life and life will start coming. It is the blessing. It is the promise of God. Amen? Stand up with me if y'all don't mind. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just praise you. We just worship you. Lord, we sang this morning that we're turning our hearts back to you. That is a picture of repentance, but it's also a picture of dying to the sinful nature and choosing the spirit nature. Lord, I just pray right now over our minds, Lord, over our choices, that we would, that we would ask for wisdom and when we step into an issue, we would stop and think, how do I answer this by the Spirit? What is the Spirit of God saying about this situation? Lord, we just worship you and we praise you. Help us to make better choices in our life. Help us to make better choices in our life. Do you know Jesus? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Right where you sit, just like the thief on the cross besides Jesus just said, I believe. Lord Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe I'm in need of a Savior. Save me, Jesus. Would you say that right where you're sitting? It says in Scripture that you can't say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit leading you to say it. I believe the Spirit is in you desiring to give your heart to Jesus. Would you do that this morning? As we turn to a time of communion, I just want to encourage you right now, this is a time to turn your heart to the Lord. Turn your heart to the Lord. 
it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.